Hi, this is Alex Hicken with the Very Hicken Bros podcast. We're recording episode 25 of season 3. This is the exciting episode that we've been waiting for for like a month now where we introduce Kyler. But uh, yeah, we're not uh, starting season 4 yet because we don't have the features yet to launch season 4. We might do season four next week because, as Trevor suggested, we could live stream it with his iMac. As I explained previously, I'll explain for Kylo's purposes. We usually change the seasons based on increased features or technology. Yeah, we haven't really changed how we record or do podcasting yet. But uh, how has your week been so far? Hey, this is Trevor. Uh, my week's been good. Yeah, and this is Kyler, man. Same thing. It's been good. Yeah, my day's kind of been weird <laughs> because I'm learning a new program. I would just ask like simple questions so I could understand it with my coworker. And he's all like, oh, let's, I'll show you this thing. And all you have to do is delete the lock file and stuff. And he saved it and accidentally updated the file to a different version that my computer did not have access to. <laughs> so I couldn't work on my file. And I was working all day and did all these weird things to have access to it again. <laughs> so my coworker kind of messed up my day. <laughs> Didn't really do much. <laughs> But I, I do have access to the file now, so I'm back to work tomorrow. <laughs> so you can't work today at all? Yeah. I told my my boss what happened, and he said, Oh, you, could, you should check on this project to see if the striping was done. And I went there, and there's no striping done. But he was, like, so busy, I wasn't able to report on the striping of that project. But yeah, I basically did nothing today <laughs> trying to figure out that program. This episode will be the introduction of Kyler. As I've hinted before, Kyler is a musician or composer. I don't know what he calls himself. <laughs> but uh, um, we'll... we'll I like to call myself a pro- I call myself a producer. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, um, we'll talk about his favorite uh, song that he made, and we'll transition to some topics. <laughs> How did you meet Trevor, Kyler? <laughs> so that's a great question. I'm pretty sure we met back in the Google Plus Plus days. You know, back when Google Plus was yeah. still a thing. Um, I was posting a lot because I was pretty active in uh, development uh, with ROMs and applications and participating in projects. Yeah. I just was posting on Google Plus a whole bunch all the time about all my projects and all the stuff I was doing, all my XDA posts. And I'm pretty sure I met Trevor probably just through through a comment or, or something. And I, I might have just messaged him mm-hmm. on Hangouts. Probably. And it's been history ever since, man. Rip, rest <laughs> in peace, Google Plus. <laughs> Yeah, those are the days when Trevor would so follow long. a bunch of developers and do yeah, ROM yeah. stuff. Yeah, I used to like <laughs> flash my phone every day, like at least twice. <laughs> nice. 
<laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's an yeah. addiction. I would follow like tons of different like ROM um communities or like the ROM teams and then like icon pack developers. <laughs> so it just like always be in the loop with those things and then I guess Kylo <laughs> messaged me once about like I don't know, I think it might have been like a, a nightly build or something. I can't remember, but it might have been like some kind of opinion question. I'm not sure actually, but yeah, it was interesting. I don't remember how it all happened. I w- wish I could yeah, go back and maybe look. Just go back from the very beginning and hang out. <laughs> yeah. So how long ago was this? Yeah, I don't the, know, like 10 years ago. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how long it was. <laughs> yeah, it was a long, long time ago. <laughs> I joke that it was 20 years ago. <laughs> I would say six, six. No way, 20 years ago. <laughs> I noticed since I was six. <laughs> yeah, Google Plus started before the internet. Five to eight years, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, do you want me to answer these four questions, Alex? Or? Yeah, we'll, we'll see if Trevor right. understands Kyler. <laughs> these, these are all purely from uh, chat uh, experiences. No way I can actually tell anyone's personality just to chat but i guess i could try uh, yeah Ky- kyler i guess his personality is he's a, he's a laid-back uh guy he he's very creative and he likes to uh get your opinion on things and he likes to uh i don't know like test and just experiment around with different things yeah, he's a uh, very kind. One time, I asked, <laughs> I like sent his uh, family some money to help, and he's been wanting to pay me back, but it's alright. You don't have to pay me back. <laughs> yeah, um, that's all I can say. I don't know what else to say. Kylo does uh, a lot of like app, um, I guess, research and. Uh, Likes to get in the news. Been a while since he's been in the news, though. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> he also does a lot of music, uh, so he's has a lot of different like uh, tracks he's been working on. Many ideas, a couple albums, I guess. Plays video games like Xbox. He likes uh, shooters and dogfighting games. And I guess that's what I know about him, so don't know if that's accurate, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. That's that's pretty on the nose. Nice. Yeah. Anything you would add to it? Oh oh no, no. That that's that's good. I would say that's pretty pretty accurate. That's exactly what I like and what I'm into. Yeah, Trevor said that you have a lot of experience with ROMs and APKs and all this theming and icon pack stuff. Are you a hobbyist or professional? What what do you think of you? That's a good question. I've always considered myself a hobbyist because I don't have any like formal training or education for it. It's just something I've I've just learned to do Mm -hmm. on my own. Uh, I've always really made my stuff free and focusing on, focused on making it free and, and educational. 
I think one of the benefits I had back in the day when I was first starting to theme is I was familiar with App Development 2. So I understood kind of how to get into layouts and how to, how to get into drawables and that kind of stuff. And that kind of helped me theme a little bit deeper. Uh, for my square theme, I was able to theme some elements of Facebook, so elements of Messenger, elements of Snapchat, other, other territories that themers haven't hmm. hadn't gone into. And I made it free and I made it open source. It's awesome. So you've made uh, theming more accessible. Would you say that? I, I suppose for, this is pretty. This is pretty old. This was back in uh, the CyanogenMod mod mm-hmm. theme engine days. Uh, but yes, I wanted people to be able to have free access to it, and I wanted people to be able to learn and benefit from it. Just because I think it's cool mm-hmm. to be a part of it. If I can make something that people want to use, and also. If I can make something people want to learn from. Yeah, that's cool. You know, why not? <laughs> With the theming, you said you enabled people to change, like, app look, uh, interfaces, or how it looks like. Is there, like, an interface where you would make those customizations that you kind of contributed to? Or is it, like, in the coding? Or Yeah, so my way was pretty pretty rudimentary uh, I would just decompile the APK with uh, I would run it in a command line back on my computer and basically I would just go I would always download the updates of the apps the Google apps whatever apps got updated to see if they changed or added anything but I would just it was really it's really difficult to explain I would first and foremost I would check out some of the activities in the in the Android manifest that contains all of the activities that kind of gives like a clear starting point of where the main activity is and then I could find and then it'll also link to the theme so then inside of the Android manifest it'll say like the activity and then under it it'll have like a theme um, so I can go into the styles and I can find that theme and then inside of it usually has like the drawables they use for some stuff and the colors and the backgrounds and I could change uh, elements for example if I wanted to now I could change some non like material apps with like the the light status bar I could give an app Mm -hmm. a light status bar just simply by going in there and looking in so I used um I used an app called gedit it's uh, Ubuntu it's a Mm -hmm. graphical text editor and uh that was really it (laughs) (laughs) so nice nice and simple but I knew I knew where to look I would sometimes diff but mostly I would just kind of go through and I would go into layouts uh and you could find like if I wanted to go into the layout that has the menu drawers icon, the three, the hamburger little three little uh, vertical icon or the three mm-hmm. stacked horizontal icon, I could go in and I could find it just by going into the layout and then tracing it to a drawable and then either adding a new drawable or just simply changing the color. So little stuff like that. I don't necessarily think developer themers at the time were thinking of. I was trying to think of ways to be different. So, hmm. Okay. It's interesting. It seems a little hard to, for me to comprehend. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> well, I could I could really I could give you a rundown of, of how applications work. You know, you have your drawables, which have all the icons, and drawables can also contain background images and background background gradients because it's pretty difficult to make a gradient image. You can just make a gradient mm-hmm. in code. Uh, your layout has all of your your. Uh, like if you go to Twitter and you, you're scrolling down, you're scrolling down on one of the layouts. It's just a dynamic layout. And then values, 
the values file holds like your colors and your dimensions of objects, like how wide or how tall they are, um, and also like shadow, height, and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what, what I was looking for. I just kind of knew specific elements to look. So this is in the like app uh, code and like packaging of the files and stuff. Yeah, it was. You modified. Mm-hmm. It was XML. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. Um, so what uh, projects or products have you contributed to? I have contributed to... <laughs> this is a very long time ago. I've contributed to Cyanogen Mod. <laughs> but I, I haven't I haven't had a, a computer, and, I, and so I haven't really been able to contribute to things. I contributed to... Oh gosh, what was it? This person had a script for. There's an app on uh, for Android. It's a terminal user interface app called Termux. This guy made a, a Termux script to install some things on your phone. Hmm. I'm totally blanking, but I've contributed to that. I, I don't know. I've just I haven't really gotten a chance to officially contribute to many projects. Not not in the not in mm-hmm. like the last couple of years. So, uh, what type of contributions would you do? Uh, I'd like to contribute to ROM projects more. Eventually, I'd like to become like a, du- a device maintainer. It'd be cool to contribute to like Firefox, the the Phoenix browser, or the Wikipedia app. Anything by Microsoft? I don't know. <laughs> Any anything that I can get my hands on that I know, if I can contribute mm-hmm. to it, I'll do it. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about th- all the? Like Microsoft has been pretty active in announcing new things. You have any thoughts about that? Um, not particularly, as I haven't been, I haven't really been paying attention okay. to Windows 11 or anything. Not not for any reason. I just haven't. I don't have a, I don't have anything to, to download it on. I think it's cool. I think it's cool that they're rolling out the developer, uh, the developer preview 11 to those who had Windows 10. You don't have to do a whole upgrade. Yeah, I was surprised I saw Dave 2D with it on his laptop, I think, on YouTube. It's like he already had it. <laughs> he said it was really stable already. So that's good news. That's excellent. That's yeah. excellent news. I've been hearing a lot of people complaining about Windows 10 like shutting down and crashing on them a lot. <laughs> you mean their dad? <laughs> Yep, that happened, yeah, uh, happened my, a lot to me. It, my coworker is having issues with Windows 10 also. So in these projects or um, developments, what would you say that you specialize in? I specialize in, I like uh, I like to view, I like to look at readme's. Sometimes people's readme's and their githubs can be confusing or, or poorly written. So I like to hmm. help with that help it make it clearer for people to understand the information the developers trying to get through also thoroughly enjoy bash scripts mm-hmm. and i am rusty but i am a fan of java i know java is mostly Kot- yeah. kotlin now in android but java <laughs> yeah old school <laughs> old school <laughs> what has been your uh most exciting contribution to a technology hmm. I don't have an answer for that <laughs> I have a I thought of one just in case uh, you want to <laughs> f- 
think of okay. something. Oh, okay. <laughs> My first job after I graduated, I was hired <laughs> at this stone company. And the first project I worked on was at the new Apple campus, the the mile around, uh, they call it the spaceship. <laughs> they have stone lining all the halls. And I worked and you know, walked down all the halls and <laughs> made sure all the stones were there and looked good and there's no chips and cracks in all of them. <laughs> oh, wow. So I... I walked around and worked in the, the, they call it Apple Campus 2 in Cupertino. So that's my most exciting contribution. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. This podcast is, it's a little contribution, but not, not much. <laughs> I would say it's a, I mean, it's a contribution. This is mm-hmm. informative. Yeah, our goal is to, every time I write down our goals, are to be entertaining and informative. Should I should I come up with my uh, most uh, exciting contribution? Yeah, what's your most exciting contribution? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's exciting, but I used to, like, run <laughs> uh, beta tests, like, communities, and I would, like, write down all the bugs for, like, Xiaomi. We were working on, like... A group of devices and I would basically keep track of all the bugs that were submitted and uh, all those bugs the developers would like keep an eye on and then update alongside us like this one was uh, fixed and then basically they'd squash all the bugs we found but that was like years ago so I would say that's probably my most exciting <laughs> <laughs> okay well I guess I guess I have an answer well, I guess I have one too Trevor kind of jogged my memory. <clears throat> you might even remember this, Trevor, yeah. if you had the device, man. Uh, I used to contribute to Veneer. You remember Veneer AOSP? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used to use it. Yeah, man, I was a yeah, I was a nightly nightly builder for multiple devices, and uh, I also helped um, implement some uh, some some uh, optimization flags. I just I was able to turn tune some minus o two to <laughs> minus o three in. Uh, and clang for faster wow, nice. faster builds nice <laughs> more performance but you know that was back in the day where, where performance and stuff those <laughs> yeah. were buzzwords <laughs> so what type of app was veneer veneer was a rom it was a uh, it was a rom for 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 multiple yes. devices oh wow it's like an independent custom rom <clears throat> nice that's awesome missed those days of custom roms <laughs> yeah man it was great yeah, i think Alex, wasn't your favorite like Paranoid Android? Uh, that was dude. So long ago, I don't even know what ROMs I used. <laughs> it was the one where you like had the Paranoid Android yeah. man. I like those the one with the the Pi. Uh, yeah, like yeah, was was that was Paranoid Android? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't they also have the assistant or the floating, the floating thing? What was it called? They had like the floating. Uh, oh. Uh, I don't remember what it was called. Oh, it was, it was some kind of a floating, like a floating circle. Oh yeah, it was like uh, <laughs> Facebook. It wasn't pie. like bubble thing, but you know, it would come up with your notifications, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> People would like try to create their apps like that would work outside of being in the ROM. It would not be as good. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
because the the framework wasn't in because they yeah. had it they had the framework they had the code hooked into the framework space so it was on a platform like level. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was good good times. I think OnePlus took a few of those developers and used it for either their own ROM or in uh, Oxygen OS. I can't remember. Yeah, that sounds that sounds uh, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, they still. <laughs> I think there are still good. some updates to Paranoid, but it's not as frequent as they used to. Not as innovative either. <clears throat> yeah, Kelly, would you say you contribute technology now, or how do you contribute to technology now? <laughs> <clears throat> I don't. You wouldn't say so, okay? No, I haven't put out anything in a long, in a long time. He, he's found some things, like in the debug menus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. That's true. I was thinking ROM wise. Uh, yeah, I, I've gone through. Well, one of my one of my claims to fame is so in the Xbox Game Pass app, I had decompiled it and I found some strings and I found some layouts and stuff that. It hinted at some upcoming games that they were going hmm. to include for Game Pass, and also uh, they were going to implement controller, like the controller configuration. Wow. So I found that, and I found it in there. No one had said anything about it. I was the first person, and so I tweeted about it and tweeted about it. <laughs> Nobody listened, and guess what? A couple weeks later, they rolled out oh, the games man. and they rolled That's it out. Crazy. Man, so we got a leaker out here. I felt that was pretty cool. Here. <laughs> Wow, got some big guns. Yeah, so I should have posted it on Reddit or something. Yeah, or if there's like a kind of Microsoft-based blog thing. It's not about attention for me. It's just about, I think it's cool. I think it's neat whenever I discover stuff that, I mean, everybody does. Who doesn't think it's cool to see stuff you're not supposed to see? (laughs) But it's nice to to be at the forefront of that and just to tell people about it. It's not about clicks. It's about entertaining and informing yeah people. it's exactly <laughs> like uh i was gonna talk about later it's like <clears throat> these apples like trying to squash these leakers that are like they're just super excited they don't really like want to harm apple they don't want to like get the clicks it's more like they're super excited they want to like get the word out like hey i'm working on this project or like look at this there's going to be an incoming new update with all these cool things but apple's like trying to um control the news flow more instead of letting these leaks come out so like john prosser he's a leaker he's he's known to be fairly accurate except for once um he had to shave his eyebrows but (laughs) after that like his reputation is pretty on spot but um they couldn't he has no way to be shut down because held accountable yeah, he yeah. he is in a, a country where, like in the U.S., we have journalists have the freedom of expression. Right? They you can't just as long as you got the information in a legal way, there's there's nothing wrong with it. But his like person who that he would send the information like, hey, I got this picture. Um, can you make a render out of this? And then since he's out of the country, he was like in. I think Sweden or one of those um, Netherlands, one of those Scandinavian countries, but the laws are different there. So Apple like went after you over there and said like, "Hey, like you can't do this. Like, uh, please stop doing it." Like, 
they said it in a nice way, but anyways, like I think it's interesting how Apple's like really cracking down on that. They even gave like to the employees they have like cams that are going to be on all the time to prevent any kind of footage of any uh, work in progress, like products that might be coming out there. Thought that was interesting. I wonder if it'd actually do anything or I don't know. I've always been curious about like the back end of leaks. Let's say something huge gets leaked. Like I, I wonder who gets held responsible and what happens on the back end and what kind of paperwork needs to get done. Who gets talked to? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I've always been interested in with leaks. But that's very Apple yeah. of them <laughs> to try to get people to not allow them to talk about it. We all get it, you know. Uh, I forget the phrase that they use for for Apple, but yeah, like they do not like things getting put out. They do not like leaks. Everything is done in in house. Yeah, very so, confidential. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do with this top this podcast is that uh, I'm gonna put like an introduction to your outside um song so it'll be kind of an introduction to your song and then i'll put the rest of the song at the end of the podcast okay that's great man i I really appreciate that that's awesome yeah so your song that you said was your favorite that you ever made was uh called outside the extended remix version but uh yeah yeah. would you you like to start by telling your uh, musical story or production story (laughs) yeah absolutely so much like many others i was i was inspired by dead mouse he was he's a pioneer of house music i wanted i thought to myself one day oh how do i do that so i got a job and i worked up and i saved up for a computer and i ended up getting fl studio and it's been history ever since. I learned lots and lots, but oh gosh, I used to blare my music so loud, my poor neighbors when I was first getting started. <laughs> ever since then, it's just been discovering and learning and just making music. I just, I know it sounds good. I I don't know how to explain it. I just know it's funky. <laughs> it seems like you must have worked a, a lot because I counted you had 24 albums uh, on your Bandcamp profile. Um, what do you think about your experience and all that? I think I'd probably have forty albums by now if I kept going. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just went through a period where I made a lot of music. I was lucky to where I, I had a job and I was still still able to just record. It was all I was doing was just making music all the time, having friends over and just involving myself in the world and just. When you're in that world nonstop, creativity just flows. And then also having having all the tools that I did on my computer and all the all the um, all the synths and VSTs and percussions and all the stuff that I accumulated over like ten years, it made my production flow so simple because I can make like I had unlimited sounds almost. So did you say you had a job in production? Oh no, I'm sorry. I I had a. I was lucky I had a job, so I was making money while I was making music for fun. So I would just get home and, and just make music just every time I wasn't working. 
Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, yeah, on your productions and albums, I've noticed that you've explored many genres. Uh, what do you think of your um, exploration? Uh, it's been journey. It's like it, it's fun to think. Hmm. Can I can I make this? What are the elements of a genre? And then putting that down and having it actually come together. Uh, it's always been a constant exploration, and even my my music I don't doesn't necessarily always have a genre. Uh, it's just progressive, and I, I'm a big fan of progressive house, and I want to get back to those roots. But just the the ability to make any kind of music I want is what I like. I don't I don't want to be held down to just one or two genres that I can explore in my in my early times. I just wanted to try multiple and see what worked and see what I could do because I could always go back and use it as a reference or a learning point later down the road, or I could. I have a couple of a uh, couple of project mm-hmm. files that I've saved over the years, so I can when I I can use that. Luckily, did you say you were, you saved your hard drive? No. So you still? No, I don't have oh, anything. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to tell that story of? I just don't have my computer anymore. Uh, there's, there's been ways that I've tried to make music again, but it's just been a matter of not, not having, not having money at the right time to get a computer. Uh, my girlfriend has a laptop, but, but uh, I just I don't have anything, and, and there's limited space. And I can get FL Studio Mobile, but it's not it's not the same. So. It's really, it's weird. It's like, it's like I have all these ideas in my head. It's like I'm a writer with, I'm just like I'm a writer, but I don't have any arms. That's <laughs> why so I can't mm-hmm. put my ideas to paper, so to speak. Um, but the beautiful, the blessing in disguise is the excitement and initial just blast of creativity I'm sure I'll have if I can get my hands back on a computer and, and get a, get something going again, you know give me a year and I'm sure I could be rolling out music again pretty consistently. Yeah, we're working on uh, making a team that'll be productive and consistently creative in producing stuff. So we're happy to have you join that. Speaking of which, uh, I was putting away dishes today and I realized that I, I clinked two glasses together. And I realized that the sound had a tail on it, and so I was like, "That's interesting." So I was thinking to myself, and this is gonna sound—it's gonna sound very ridiculous, but it, <laughs> I took the glass, I took the one short glass and one tall glass, they're both glass, and I, I took them and I was scraping them together, and you can get a pretty good textured sound. And I was thinking if I could get a microphone and throw it under a compressor and clean it up, I could have myself some cool little texture, textured sounds I can make. <laughs> so, you know. Even in in the world, I'm always thinking of uh, thinking of of ways that I can make sounds. Like, I could take a pan, a pot in a pan. I could I could bang a spoon on a pan, and boom, right there. Look at that. I have a I have a, a pluck, uh, not a pluck, but like a like a tamba kind of thing, or like a, a percussion. <laughs> so, it's just uh, it's just exciting to think about that kind of stuff still. And one of these days, when we get a computer, it's gonna be exciting to put that to lay that down and and explore again. 
our other regular guest, his name is Nick. He's really creative and he makes music also. His method is kind of, he likes to think of melodies and choruses and kind of combines them maybe and tries to match what might make a song. And one of his philosophies is that is that uh, the song, the destination is already previously established and his exploration of a song is a discovery of a location that's previously already been made. <laughs> so he doesn't really force the composition. He's kind of like um, with a camera just making it more focused so that it's more clear. He he likes to listen to his song over and over until he can make what he would like to be played. Very interesting. It's unique. Yeah. So, what is uh, <laughs> what is your method of producing music? <laughs> oh man, there's so many ways that I produce. Mm-hmm. I will just. I'm always well when I. When I was, I was always messing around, always just laying laying down the kick, laying down plucks, and sometimes it would just came to me, or nice. I would do something and I'm like, hmm, and I would just think of a title, or I would think of an idea, and I would make music around that idea. Just, I, I'm a big fan too of like solos and synths and cool synths and just being able to put motion, emotion into music really getting your emotion across and just kind of and in a way you know you can use chords and music to to do that but Mm -hmm. getting back to your question i don't have a specific kind of flow there were so many different ways that i made music through experimentation through thought through a sound that i heard through an idea that i thought of i would hear stuff sometimes in my sleep (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that's uh, cool that's that's a lot of different artists too. I'm sure Nick is the same way. Mm-hmm. Transition to your song that we got an introduction to and we'll listen to. Um, what's the story of Outside? Outside started initially <clears throat> with the title of You're the One. I don't remember why. <laughs> But I remember it didn't fit right, and I didn't like it. And one day I went outside and I saw, I just looked outside. I just walked outside and I saw a flag blowing in the distance. It was a beautiful day. And I was like, man, I was like, I need to go outside more. I was like, hmm, outside. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was able to kind of create or edit the synth that had like these uh, these bird kind of sounds. And uh, outside was created that way. I I I spent months and months and months on the song and I would probably say it was a culmination of over 120 hours of work and like 15 different song projects. Uh, I have multiple different wow. versions. All are different, but I have that one final version on uh, my Bandcamp which yeah, I'm really proud of it and I'm actually very happy to say I still have the project file. Uh, I saved it, I backed it up. So if I ever wanted to go back, nice. I still have it. So I'm very, very That's happy awesome. I still have that. I'm great, very grateful I backed it up. Mm-hmm. So how would you describe the, the song? We start off slow. We get to the drop. That's when the emotion is supposed to hit. It's supposed to be the story of when you go outside and you 
you take a look and the rest fits just the story of how it feels to be outside I, I really took a long I took a I took a good hard look and I wanted a I wanted a unique drum drum beat so I, I programmed my own drum beat in a piano roll because I didn't just want something typical uh, that was another yeah. another inspiration I, I wanted the drums to be different the drums really kind of and the, the percussions and the claps and the snares and all the different ways I layered everything it all set all set the tone of the story about going outside. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that percussion was cool because typically with the, maybe with programs and music programs, the percussion is like perfectly on time and um, it makes it sound a lot more organic and the way you did it with this song. Thank you. And yeah, it was all done via p- a piano roll. <laughs> Not even with like a MIDI keyboard or a drum set. <laughs> nice. yeah, I'm most proud of that. Mm-hmm. Now we'll transition to like the topics and interests. <laughs> Trevor said that you are interested in audio technology and that stuff. You said that you got some new audio equipment or something. How is uh, that uh, technology developing lately or what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I just remember like you had these like nice speakers at one time and you're like yeah I got these new speakers like wow this, is, this sounds really good and I like <laughs> had no speakers it's like oh you want my old speakers like I'll sell it to you it's like no it's right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he he offered those speakers to me maybe also <laughs> yeah I didn't say specifically audio technology I said like speakers and because i think you had you were interested more in like the clips speakers and their setup yeah i love audio i wish i had a nicer sound system i wish i had a 5.1 surround system (laughs) it'd be awesome (laughs) so you said 5.1 yeah 5.1 7 point i'm a simple man i don't need (laughs) (laughs) 7.1 yeah (laughs) 5.1 means like uh, surround basically you have one two in front and then one center two back well three I can't remember anyways you have two in back and then the point one is you have like a, a base right or is it some kind of subwoofer hmm huh so what would a 7.1 be you have like <laughs> stuff coming from all angles like on top of you and stuff like left left corner, mm-hmm. right corner, middle, back le- uh, back left corner, right left corner, and back middle, I think. Plus a sub. Yeah. I could be wrong. I think. <laughs> it's been a while since I worked at Best Buy, so. <laughs> <laughs> so. What other things have you been into lately? Do you have any tech news or anything you want to talk about? Mm, just trying to think what I've what I've been see- what I've seen lately. Not not really. I mean, I'm, I'm of course excited for Android 12 coming up. That's something I've been paying attention to. <laughs> Material U and have you? You've been using the beta, right? Ha- oh yeah, absolutely. Been have you? What do you think about it? I haven't used it. I don't think I've. I'm just like too worried about it, like crashing on me and like not getting my phone's being able to use my phone. So that's why I haven't I stayed away from the betas. 
Sure, and that's a smart thing to do, especially if your phone is very important to you and you use it in a professional, uh, yeah. a professional environment. <laughs> that is absolutely under no circumstances should you use beta software because beta <laughs> software is not made for those people. Beta software is for people like me who just use their phone. Like, oh, it froze? Okay, I'll just reboot it. Not, oh, crap, my phone just froze and I'm in the middle of a conference call. <laughs> you know? Uh, Android 12 has been pretty stable for me. Um, I've maybe had a couple freezes, but I am using a custom kernel by... Uh, I've used a custom kernel by Despair. Despair Factors kernel for Pixel 4 hmm. XL. It's great. <laughs> uh, hmm. <All> right. <laughs> I've had pretty good battery life. Five hours screen on time. I like the Material U, the new with, I don't know how to, I might mess up the pronunciation. If I mess it up, don't put it in. I think it's called Monet. It's M-O-N-E-T. Uh, that's like the system-wide theming. <laughs> but it takes, I don't okay. necessarily know this, the science behind it, uh, just because I haven't really read any articles or done a deep dive into it, nor can I understand the code. <laughs> uh, but they, they take <laughs> elements of your wallpaper and they trans uh, translate it into system theming like themed system elements dude yeah so, uh i like kind of finally doing that huh I, I was just saying like i like how they're finally like putting theming into oh into my gosh the, um, os i totally agree <laughs> it, it is about time but it's so cool it's so neat like turning and enabling the material you google keyboard and having the keyboard be a lighter color of your background or scrolling uh, pulling down on the quick settings and having the the light part at the bottom, the notification area, having that be a lighter shade of your wallpaper. Opening up the settings and having it be having it be a lighter uh, version of your wallpaper. It's really cool. It, it feels yeah. just it feels very personal. Uh, my <laughs> only so here's an interesting thing. I use the uh, Android extensions, uh, mat uh, magisk module from uh, K-Dragon. Yeah. And in the very first version of the first beta, so in, in Android 12 beta 1, and then using his Android extensions, when I used Muse, which is a live wallpaper, every time I switched the wallpaper, uh, it would automatically switch the theme on my phone. So it would refresh. Let's say it was like a blue dominant color, and then I switched over. I switched the next artwork over to something that was like green dominant. My system would then just dynamically switch over to green from blue. But ever since that first beta, hmm. like beta two and, and so on and so forth, uh, the Monet hasn't been live. So that's an interesting, I don't know what happened in between the betas, but it doesn't react like that anymore uh, if I were to switch wallpapers, hmm. which to me was awesome because I, I could have Muse and every time it switched, I didn't have to reboot. It would just pull my system color. <laughs> so I really hope they that's can implement cool. that back however they did it. Yeah, I wonder if it's like just um, code that he has to implement back into the newest beta. Yeah, hopefully it's just like a small piece of code that reads it live and then, you know, translates it or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Have you suggested that you want that feature returned? <laughs> That's a great question. Team? I haven't. I should do something about that. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say? To, yeah. to make a change, you have to be the change? <laughs> Uh-huh. Trevor, you want to start with your Google topic and transition kind of well? <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I could go into my little topic I have. Um, 
Yeah, this is a slight update from, I guess, Google Messages. Most Google enthusiasts would probably use Google Messages, but it seems like they're updating to add this auto-deletion of um, OTPs or those like F2A, which is a, a, oh, 2FA, it was a two-form factor um, authentication. So like those codes you get to log into your accounts, like I guess they are going to roll out an update that will automatically delete those. So I thought that was nice because these are useless after you get the passwords anyways. So after 24 hours, it seems like it's going to go through. And if you allow it, delete them all. Nice. My little thing that I wanted to share is in the like season four launch episode that I didn't publish, <laughs> I introduced uh, season four as like we're trying to become like a business and the main service is to produce uh, podcasts and all the parts that or part of it including the music and the thumbnail and help in designing merchandise and stuff maybe if they want that if podcasters want that um but i got an email in from this company called wisdom they are an up-and-coming uh, app you could look them up at joinwisdom.app it's they say that they're in stealth mode so it doesn't really talk that much um but they invited me to be one of their top mentors in creativity and crafting and podcasting and stuff like that there's only going to be 215 top mentors and it's kind of interesting because it's like an audio app where you will have like personal mentor sessions and you could talk to a mentor. Wisdom here describes himself as uh, wisdom is optimized to put you in control with only one guest at a time in a timer format to make it easy and socially acceptable to move on to the next person in line. And this app, hmm. they said that they'll pay me by the minute. So it's kind of like in a, wow. it's oh, an wow. extension of our service to um, help people produce podcasts and I could be a mentor somewhat in this app is coming out in the the summer, so interesting to see how that is. Yeah, so mine's a little <laughs> off uh, that topic. There's a new update. <laughs> Another back back to Google. Um, might be interesting for Kylie because um, apparently in Chrome OS, there's going to be an update that allows uh, Xbox controllers, the newest ones, too guess interface with it so that might be something to look out for maybe they be able to like um natively play stadia games with the xbox controller using if you have chromebook streaming it directly instead of having to 
turn on a computer or use USB. Uh, use your Xbox. <laughs> yeah, I think it's wireless. So yep. that's that's yeah. excellent. I didn't know that. Do I you just... have a Tyler? Um, do you have you tried a Stadia? I have actually. I've tried Stadia on my girlfriend's MacBook, which it runs mm-hmm. amazing. And I've also tried it on my phone. And you can actually even use Stadia in the new uh, Edge browser for Xbox One. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, actually, I have, okay, I have a I have an interesting story for you guys. So I was using NVIDIA GeForce Now. This is mm-hmm. related to Stadia. I was using NVIDIA GeForce yeah. Now. I was using that to play games. But you can go to the browser. And I was able to go to Stadia.com inside of NVIDIA GeForce. And I was able to play a game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> huh yeah i don't think you can do that anymore but (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's like uh, inception or something (laughs) yeah exactly exactly how i felt so do you have a controller (laughs) that you'd prefer to play with stadia out of all the controllers yes i have the so i have the xbox one x and i have the controller that came with that i'm i'm perfectly content with that one (laughs) i'd be happy using my that that one the, just the regular Xbox controller. That's cool. Have you ever used the um, the new the like the Pro one? Was it called Elite? Didn't you? Yeah, didn't you have an Elite in it? Like I did. I do. Broke or something? Yeah. <laughs> the left. So I'm missing the left. This thing's been through some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing the left bumper, yeah. and the left trigger doesn't depress all the way. <laughs> so it's a little bit difficult when playing racing games. <laughs> it's fun. So I've just uh, I've gone and I've used the regular Xbox controller. Uh, eventually, when money provides, we'll get the new Elite 2 controller because that seems extremely nice. But I'm actually, the, yeah. the Xbox One X controller is super nice. And it's Bluetooth. I have heard it's good, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this Xbox story applies pretty well to you. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. saw that and I was like, ooh, I can't wait to say something. <laughs> yeah, so maybe <laughs> if you need like... A cheap laptop, you could just buy a Chromebook and play Stadia that way. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Did you have something else? What's this plus? Yeah, I like to uh, keep my topics uh, mysterious. <laughs> plus <laughs> is actually a, um, autonomous um, vehicle company. Amazon has chosen that company to get their delivery trucks to be more autonomous rather than Embark or Aura. Amazon has actually had uh, invested and previously worked with Embark and Aura, but they chose to go with Plus to implement uh, self-driving technology in their delivery trucks. But I think it's a beta program right now. They are only going to the contract right now is only to do about uh, a thousand vehicles a thousand vehicles may sound a lot but it's not a lot (laughs) compared to what they kind of revealed they they had a document that was reviewing some stuff but they said that they're planning to buy a hundred (laughs) thousand Rivian trucks and deploy them over the next 10 years (laughs) so yeah this uh thousand cars that uh, plus will um, retrofit is kind of small I think it's a beta program plus has the technology Hmm. to 
retrofit trucks in order and make them autonomous. And some of the benefits that the Amazon wants is that uh, it'll maybe in an improved driver environment, so they'll be more comfortable, and there'll be less uh, employee turnover with drivers. It'll reduce uh, trucking accidents or incidences. They will see uh, higher fuel efficiency, and the company expects to save 10% of their fuel costs with the, the implementation of um, Plus Drive. That's their um, platform. Yeah, these vehicles Not will bad. still require a human driver, I'm quoting, <laughs> inside to supervise the system and step in if the system goes beyond its system uh, capabilities or uh, fails in some capacity. Yeah, we've talked about it. Um, this would be level four, I believe. These vehicles uh, have the ability to just drive and if they come into a situation that they don't know what to do, they're able to get themselves into a safe position and the driver can just take over and continue on. Wow. So Amazon is trying to push uh, hmm. for the autonomous vehicle industry. And I think this is a good step. It's kind of like Tesla, how they're trying to make uh, autonomous vehicles normal, just have them out <laughs> going around. But they're putting all the technology on previously uh, owned vehicles. So you don't have to buy like completely new cars with cutting edge technology. So it'll reduce the expenses on that front. I think that's the reason why Amazon is going with them. It, I think it'll be implemented faster and uh, more affordable for Amazon. I wonder how much it'd be for, like, the average person to uh, equip that in their car. Yeah. Yeah, this technology is for their delivery trucks. Am Amazon bought Zooks for the... Oh, okay. <laughs> Just the taxi business. It's And this is a separate uh, company that they're collaborating with. One thing that's interesting is that... Uh, the contract that they have enables Amazon to buy 20% stake of the company if they're interested. <laughs> it seems like it's kind of like an incentive for them to perform well in this beta program. And if they perform well, Amazon could buy 20% of the company within the next decade. I think it's a, hmm. a s small beta program. The article kind of made it sound like that this is a huge development and but i think it's just a beta program <laughs> i feel like most articles we read it's like oh this is the yeah. first in california this is the first ever it's like everyone's the first like yeah it's not probably not that big of a deal yeah especially in the autonomous vehicle articles they're like everybody's the 
leading technology and everybody's done everything first and stuff <laughs> yeah i always like to talk about uh, astrophysics uh <laughs> in case you haven't listened to a few of the new um <laughs> podcasts yeah i have a couple topics that i found really interesting about um the latest uh discoveries in that world um i guess in recent uh research in la in ten days um time span they witnessed not one but two black holes swallow uh whole <laughs> neutron stars neutron stars are like when um a star has gone so old that basically it either becomes a black hole or it like condenses so far into like basically the mass of like 30 suns within like the size of one sun or even smaller so it's pretty crazy to, to hear of like a black hole that uh merges with a, ne- a neutron star and it makes obviously because the mass makes the black hole bigger <laughs> um yeah this is their first direct confirmation of that they thought they existed, but this is the first time that they saw like eyewitness. Um, yeah, and it says that the the collision <laughs> and ensuing gravitational waves offer a rare, a rare glimpse of how catastrophic uh, cosmic uh, explosions, like the black hole neutron star collision, impact the expansion and shrinking of space time. Uh, it's an observation that's never been uh, seen before in the field of gravitational wave astronomy. It's very interesting. Yeah, so that was... Yeah, was, apparently this um, neutron star emerging was on my birthday uh, last year. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's a good birthday present. Yeah, January 5th. <laughs> yeah. You get nothing else. <laughs> and the second one was 10 days later. Yeah, just name it after me. Pretty crazy. New, like just hearing of two massive like uh, objects uh, just colliding. It's pretty amazing. Um, and then my next uh, uh, topic in this area is about a new type of super, uh, not supernova, a stellar explosion. Um, this was also. Uh, recent discovery this was uh through a worldwide team led by the uc santa barbara scientists um and they've always this was based on a theory for 40 years that there's a third kind of stellar explosion and this is called an electron capture supernova it's between that of a um thermo thermonuclear and iron core collapse a thermonuclear supernova is explosion of a white dwarf star after it gains matter in a binary star system. And um, the dense cores of the ash that remain, they, it says that it's up to eight times the mass of the sun when it reaches the end of its life. And then an uh, iron core collapse supernova occurs when the massive star that's more than ten times the mass of the sun runs out of nuclear fuel and then um, creates a black hole or a neutron star 
but this one that they actually got to see was it's in between um just electron capture supernovae it's uh they stopped fusion when the cores made of uh oxygen neon and magnesium aren't enough to create iron or they aren't massive enough to create iron there's a description here that shows it says what it so basically the the picture here shows like there's a super acetotic um giant branch star and its core is made out of oxygen neon and magnesium and then um i guess when the pressure like it's around like 10 solar masses the pressure of the <laughs> the, the uh, electrons basically let's see they say <laughs> You can't pack the atoms any tighter, it says. And then um, some of the electrons in the oxygen, neon, magnesium core get smashed into the atomic nuclei in a process called electron capture. And this removal of electrons causes the core of the star to buckle under its own weight and collapse, what? resulting in an electron capture supernova. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Never... I've never heard of like electrons just, like <laughs> destroying like nuclei. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it says also that um, if the star the star is slightly heavier, then the core elements would create heavier elements. But if it if it isn't light enough to escape its core collapsing, then it would prolong its life and dilate it via different means. <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty cool to see that, like, a theory from over 30, like, 40 years of, like, hey, like, this kind of supernova could exist, and they finally find it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. See that they they actually um, were right about this theory. <laughs> And they, uh, they, the, the star that they were um, following is called uh, SN2018ZD. And uh, I guess every aspect of it, like, ticks off the boxes of what an electron uh, capture scenario would be. So that's how they were able to basically uh, confirm the, the theory of it. The previous, like, candidate for... Uh, electron capture supernova was the crabbed uh, nebula but it was uncertain because <laughs> this explosion <laughs> happened nearly a thousand years ago so I don't think that one was uh, confirmed to be one but this SN 2018 ZD is yeah so the scientists have like a eureka moment that uh, they're able to contribute to this 40-year-old wow. theoretical loop. So, it's pretty cool. I like being able to uh, talk about these discoveries no one actually reads on, you know? Like, not everyone... Like, you, sometimes we think, like, oh, yeah, all these discoveries. It's like, after Einstein, after Hawking, there's not much going on, but there's so much, like, every day there's new information, new discoveries about black holes or anything else in the world uh, <laughs> or the universe, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're here to talk about. I think we're like a alternative tech news or science news kind of. 
talk about things that other people may not be. <laughs> yeah, how many listeners do you guys have? Uh, not that many. <laughs> the anchor says you have about 16. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe like 10. That's pretty yeah. good, though. <laughs> it's better than like five <laughs> or two. I mean, it's like with streaming and that kind of stuff, those numbers seem so abysmally small and like people being excited about having two stream like two followers but when you're just getting started and stuff that's a big deal so 16 is a pretty good number man Mm -hmm. thanks (laughs) yeah it's true yeah seriously like i have a i have a d like there our dj who comes in every saturday at my work he does uh he started uh streaming his sets because he does like a live he does like a live performance for us every week and he gets two followers (laughs) he has two watchers and like he's pumped up about that like it's, like it's pretty big to have one, three, five, even people watching you when you're starting and like not even, like it's awesome. So thanks, yeah, dude. That's uh, <laughs> astrophysics needs add today. Yeah, we kind of have a tradition to close the podcast out by saying "talk to you later." <laughs> yeah. So. Uh... Actually, do you have any way we could um, find you, Kyla, if you want, to uh, sh- for people to uh, follow you in social network or media? Um, yeah, if, if I heard your question right, you can just link people to my Twitter. So developer with the underscore and three eyes. Developer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and underscore. <laughs> developer with three R's and underscore. I'll have to. I might change that. Maybe I'll change it to Hickenbro three. <laughs> 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 can always be hickens <laughs> sweet <laughs> yeah but please link people to my twitter <laughs> yeah so that's that's your more uh the most active social yeah. media you'd say because you can't do google plus anymore yeah and i i guess you can also i don't want i don't want people knowing my telegram yeah so twitter's good okay yeah we'll, we'll, we'll give that a secret <laughs> Adam on Telegram, right, 602. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you got that much. No more. You <laughs> That's the all you get. Code. You have to figure out the rest of the digits <laughs> on your own, people. <laughs> all right, man. I'll talk to you later. Later.